0: Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by Iolite Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now, here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. Looking forward to spending some more time with you guys. Got Bob Jones with me again. Bob, how are things going?
1: Things are great, other than it's. Snowy, cold, and rainy up here in Boston, but other than that, things are great.
0: I think one of these days spring is actually going to get here. I mean, it's just just right around the corner. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to spring. For some reason, yeah. it just seems like a long winter.
1: We don't actually have spring up in New England.
0: <laughs> I'll <laughs> say, I'm in Boston, man. It's almost always cold <laughs> winter, or at least uh, a little a little colder when it is around here. Till
1: June. Till June.
0: Ah, uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, Bob is one of our Partneromics implementers. And so obviously we've had him on the show before, we're going to have him as a, as a repeated guest, but one of the main things we want to do with the Partneronomics show is to really get down to the ground floor on some of these, you know, success practices of partnering and speaking, you know, ground floor on tools, not 40,000 foot, not 30,000 foot, we all kind of get that, but what is the, the how-to? And so in this particular episode, we're going to dig into a strategic partnering plan, the SPP. And so we're spending some time uh, with these recent episodes in the Partner Dynamics Show talking about strategy, the first of six phases in our partnering process, and just uh, the importance of getting off to the right step. And so I cannot over overstate the importance of the strategy component. And one of those tools that we use is the strategic partnering plan. So let's go ahead and kind of dig into this one. So Bob, let's kind of tee up the first question. that is, for people that don't know, not familiar with the partnernomics methodology, what the hell is a strategic partnering plan?
1: Well, I think, and I know you're going to have another show on the organizational partnering plan, but I think it's important to get context. So, you know, the strategic side of, of uh, building a partnering program, you know, kind of has two elements. One, the OPP or organizational, which is kind of talks about over overarching intent of the program. And then the SPP or strategic partnering plans all about uh, what are the strategic uh, partnering initiatives, Uh, and you know it's it's really important to understand the granularity of those uh, strategic partnering plans. Um, Oftentimes, most companies could have five to ten or more, and so there's a there's a whole aspect of defining. You know those strategic initiatives uh, in enough detail to, to to be able to work work them. Yeah. So in
0: uh, the SPP or strategic partnering plan framework, it actually has twelve different components, and I think Tyler had launched out something on LinkedIn. But if you just go to Google, type in partneromics strategic partnering plan, uh, you'll see that hyperlink come up, and you actually get the full video lesson along with a template SPP that you can download and kind of check this out and play around with it uh, and use it inside of your organization. Yeah, it's a 12-component document that, just like Bob said, it allows you to put on paper, like, exactly what you intend to do with this initiative. You know, what and exactly, like, how. So many times, I think Bob it was even in the last uh, episode that you and I did together. You know we were talking about uh, we get into these whiteboard sessions. our Our executive went to this trade show, went to this conference, came back. And they said, "Hey, we need to do a deal with Joe's company or with with Susie's company." And we never really get the level of definition that we need as partnering professionals in order to go execute that. And that's exactly what the strategic partnering plan is designed to do, is to give you these 12 components where you spend time working through the 12 components to really figure out what are we trying to do? Who are the ideal partners? What are the goals? How are we going to be judged uh, for success coming out of that? But provide some, some specific definition to it. And even as you look across your team, you know, a lot of times we're working on these in these partnering teams, whether it's channel side for revenue focused partnerships, solution side for, for tech and, and solutions and product focused uh, partnerships, we need to have a way to even communicate sideways horizontally with our different partnering professionals so that everybody's on the same page.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, well, the, the SPP, I think, is really eye-opening for folks uh, as they kind of look through it. And it's it, it's all pretty intuitive when you think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I really should know this about <laughs> a, a specific partnering initiative. But I think, you know, it's really important. I mean, there's a number of reasons why it's important. One is to, to make you think about what it is you're trying to accomplish. But, you know, we talked about this the last time. You you know. Uh, the the SVP is part of the whole executive buy-in process. They have to understand, you know, what it is that you're trying to do with these initiatives. Um, It really helps internal alignment. Um, You know, if you think about all the things that go on in a partnership and, um, you know, I've talked about it, we'll probably talk about it more. Partnering is not a department, it's a strategy. So you really have to understand how all those elements of the partnership kind of Uh, touch other elements the whole partnering process is a long so the SPP gives you a map you know it's really important to have a a roadmap as you're going through uh the partnering process as we know it's a long time from uh you know identifying partners recruiting them scoring them and all that all that so it really is a, a important map um I think the other thing is it continues to keep keep it's a living document so it allows you to collaborate internally as you move through the through the partner process and then finally i'll steal the line you used last time from ben franklin you know if you're failing to plan you're planning to fail so uh, you know I, I, just kind of base reasons why uh, the spp is so important yeah I,
0: it's I find it interesting, but also frankly sad. Like whenever we're working with partnering professionals, and uh, you know, whenever they have particular programs, different initiatives that under underperforming, you know, you ask, did you have an explicit plan kind of laid out at the beginning uh, to to kind of call out what you were doing, the resources that you need, what success looked like, what your time frame was going to be? Uh, that answer is. Inevitably, no. And then, so what do we do, right? We spend times uh, going back and kind of retrofitting and putting these uh, strategic partnering plans in place to give us uh, that structure. So let me—we've uh, kind of hit the time on first question. So let's go ahead and hit the second question. I that think is... you
1: should have a bell or something. To get the <laughs> I do. Minutes. I'm
0: going to fire something up. Where's my phone? I'm going to get a bell rocking. Uh, question two is. Well, kind of a good segue from the, from what we were just talking about, when is the best time to bring in the strategic partnering plan? I mean, when and kind of how, what, what, what does that look like? What's that timing look like?
1: Yeah. So, so I'm going to start with the, the, when for so probably the most important when is after your OPPs actually been approved by senior executives and bought in, uh, because Again, if you haven't got that buy-in at the organizational level, uh, you might as well just stop because the SBPs aren't going to do you any good. So the first when is make sure you've gotten buy-in at the organ- at the executive level, whether it's C-suite executives, board, et cetera. Um, but then I think really once you got there, you know, you can immediately start to pick you know, to follow the lead from the OPP to start to decide, you know, how many and what SPPs you're going to build. And I think the most important thing as you're building the SPPs is how you're engaging the rest of your internal organization. Again, not to beat a dead horse, but partnering is a strategy. And guess what? That strategy permeates all of your functional line of businesses in your, in your business. So if you, really want to build a successful uh, SPP, you need to not only consult with, but engage all those internal lines of business. And I mean, all marketing, customer success, product, by the way, finance, legal. Um, So if you really, you really, it's really a broad, functional, entire line of business kind of uh, activity that you need to engage engage your team with
0: and so to paint this out because you said that absolutely correctly, kind of step one is developing your organizational partnering plan, right? Having this document that says what the hell partnering even means for our entire organization? And a big outcome of that is um, what are the different Partnering program types or initiatives that we're going to have. Are we going to have a referral program? Are we going to have an affiliate program? Are we going to have a resell, co sell, uh, tech integration? We're we going to do some some co innovation with different companies. Your your overarching organizational partnering plan will spell all of these pieces out, and just like kind of this hierarchical uh, kind of workflow, from that organizational partnering plan, you'll have these different strategic partnering plans. So let's say, for example, to put some more color to this, you are going to have a referral program, okay? So you're gonna have the referral partnering program. Um, Then we can kind of think about, will there be different segmentation from that? Uh, the, The power of the strategic partnering plan is to give you ultimate definition for a specific partnering initiative. And so you could take that strategic partnering plan, hand it just like Bob's talking about now. You could hand it to your marketing support team, the customer success on the on the back end. Um, you can take it to finance. You it spells out your map. Just like you've mentioned, I mean, if you're doing a cross country trip, I could not imagine. I'm horrible at directions, but I couldn't imagine not having my GPS to help me get there. I mean, number one, you got to figure out where the heck you're going and then what's my best route to get there. And what are my road bumps? Are there any accidents in front of me? I mean, I love that. I love that analogy that you use because the strategic partnering plan, it is your map for this journey ahead. And it spells all of that out.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, again, kind of the success practice you and I, talked about I don't know if, if it's some future show, we're going to talk about our Racy model, but when you think about the response roles, responsibility kind of approach, SPP, it literally there's going to be a checkbox in every function in your in your business that's going to be engaged, consulted, informed about the SPP because it's uh, like I said, it it touches everything,
0: yeah. All right, We're, we need a Bob. You're going to be responsible for the for the bell, and then I'm just responsible for the questions. All right, Ding. <laughs> All right man. Here we go. Question number three. Uh, so I kind of alluded to it a little bit, but it's around segmentation. Um, what you know? What does segmentation mean relative to the strategic partnering plan? And then what's the value that? segmentation provides in the strategic partnering plans you had mentioned a lot of organizations you may have at least 5 probably 10 maybe you know more um you know kind of complex larger wider organizations that have a lot of different partnering programs i've seen 20 plus uh, strategic partnering plans put in place talk to us about segmentation and the power of segmentation
1: yeah it's really interesting cuz um when when we've you know first got involved with with your you, Mark, and Partneromics, you know, and I, I kind of followed through the framework. I think segmentation is really one of the secret sauces of of the strategic the strategic framework that you've built. Because you know, having consulted in this space and actually been involved in, in running partnerships, you know, um, nobody does a a really good job at that. You know, most of the partnering strategies I've seen at best maybe segment by type, you know, referral versus solutions. And that's just not, it's just not a deep enough segment. Um, You really have to understand the varying, you know, what is the definition of success for this strategic initiative you're trying to put together. And it might, you might need to segment by, Industry type, by geography, by size of partner. There's just so many valuable segmentations. If you if you think about an SPP as what is the definition of success and goals for this SPP, and it kind of drives you to this whole segmentation. So to me, it's a really kind of secret sauce element.
0: Yeah how do you define success? And I think you're exactly right. Number one, you have to have goals, right? You have to have something that you're driving towards. But as you think about the different, hopefully software solutions, the technology that you're using to, to manage and to lead these partnerships, if we identify down to these, what we call kind of the least common denominator, we we go into this deep segmentation. And if we're able to extract the data and map individual partners or partnerships uh, to these different initiatives. We have the opportunity to not only look at the health of our partnering program, not only the health of our referral program, for example, but now we can look at at these different segmentations. And so maybe you know to the point that you were making, you can segment by geography, you can segment by industry, segment by um, you know, by, by company size, by partner size, by solution, by anything that you want, um, you know, for pulling down data, but we're only kind of grouping or looking at our partners from say a partnership type level. So let's say referral program, and we're lumping all hundred or 200 or 5,000 partners into Mm -hmm. that one bucket. What that doesn't tell us all that much. There's so much more power to be gleaned from that. What if we do segment by geography, by industry, by segment, by solution, by whatever is important for you? Now it really illuminates um, you know, performance at a much granular level. You could have some segments of your referral program that are performing very well. You could have some segments of your referral uh, network that are underperforming, but yeah. you only know that if you define it out to that level and, and manage manage to that level.
1: Completely agree. But I'm going to give a lesson learned, a caution.
0: Um, well, there's uh, no
1: shortage of those on the <laughs> show, I can promise. Exactly. So, I, Because segmentation um, can can cause analysis paralysis, um, you know, especially not so much in a new program because you, you, you pretty much have a finite world going in. But if 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 you're now trying to put, you know, apply the framework of segmentation onto an existing set of partners or partnerships, you know, it, it, sometimes it'd be like, a, it seems like a daunting task. So the lesson learned, at least my experience is, you know, either focus on the 80-20 rule, you know, the what are the twenty percent of relationships that may that matter the most and and segment around those, or perhaps just maybe even your most active partners and and segment around those? So only word of caution with segmentation, um, especially people like me who are super analytical, you could spend like forever. I can create eight billion segments,
0: yeah, great, great, great point. Uh, and and in all of this kind of world of partnership partnership management, you have to find this happy medium. You gotta find this balance, you know, what's what's gonna be the best bang for your buck to put your resources. I could not agree more. I guess I'll just kind of put one other piece on that. And that is, um, and I recommend, as you're saying, get in, get started. And then uh, just like an SPP, it's a living document. It's a living process you have the opportunity downstream, maybe a year from now, 18 months from now, to do segmentation and to, to further kind of break out your different types of partnership programs or even your SPPs as your team gets bigger, more mature, you kind of start to develop that muscle memory. Uh, your segmentation, it's its not kind of a, a one and done sort of a thing. You have the opportunity to, to do that downstream. Bob, I need the ding, 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 man, because I got question number four coming ding. in for you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question ding. four. That is, so like the, the strategic partnering plan, as we mentioned, 12 components. Uh, go to Google, Partnernomics, strategic partnering plan, download it, check it out, see the, the lesson video that comes with it. Uh, component number four of the strategic partnering plan is the approach. And so Mm -hmm. in the approach, we talk about identifying the type of partnership, the segmentation of the partnership, the ideal partner profile, you know, these ideal, you know, the deal terms, uh, you know, the personas, needs, wants, limits analysis, these different components and segments uh, that that go into component four. Let's kind of double click and spend a little bit of time talking about the, the, power that comes, right? The more definition you can put in the SPP up front, even though it's a living document, the more definition that you can put in it up front is the more time that you'll save yourself downstream because your path to success is more clear. Mm -hmm. Talk to us, kind of coach us a little bit on the approach and and putting that together with as much definition as possible up front.
1: Yeah, well, the approach typically in an SPP is gonna be the largest piece of the document. I mean, that's where probably if you're gonna spend the most time is where you wanna spend it in in the approach. Uh, And it's also really a a foundational piece uh, for going forward. For example, it it will inform the term sheet, which will be really critical downstream as you start to talk and negotiate with potential uh, partner candidates. So all the things that are in the approach section are, you know, are really, really critical elements to, to getting ready to go downstream and find the right partner. So, you know, we talked a lot about partner type and segmentation. So I don't think we really need to go in there. You know, you need to do the that right stuff. But then as you start to, you know, move down, you want to you know, the next really important thing is, okay, now that I know what it is, wh- what's my ideal partner look like, right? And so you wanna spend some time say, what's the, you know, what's the age? What's the maturity? What's the demographics? Do they have in a successful partner program? So, so, you know, that's a really important element to kind of understand that uh, ideal partner profile. And then as you continue to peel down the onion, you say, okay, now I want to, how do I go find that ideal partner? And so now you want to talk about, well, what would the partner leader look like in that company? Um, You know, what is the, how will I outreach to that company? What is, uh, you know, how do I target, you know, and there's tools available, you know, LinkedIn and other tools that can help you with that. And then finally, how do you evaluate and score that? Partner, you know, so all that uh, kind of element of, you know, what's it look like? How do I find them? How do I outreach them? How do I get them excited about being a partner? Then how do I make sure they're going to be a good partner? Scoring, them. yeah. Um, you know, the other really critical element in, in that approach section is needs, wants, limits. And again, uh, if you think about ne- needs and wants are, you know, must haves and nice to haves, and then limits are what are the terms that I'd walk away from a deal for. So having all that thought through before you sit down and take a look at a candidate uh, partner is really uh, kind of critical.
0: And, and one then, of the things,
1: I go ahead, for I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, and then kind of you start to think through financial and non-financial terms. And, and the, the best advice I have for anybody there is, is make sure you're engaging your internal legal folks and your internal finance folks, because they're the ones best know, what financial terms and legal terms are really important. And there's, you know, we could probably have another half hour discussion just on kind of those terms, you know, what do you do about IP? What, do you, what about termination clause? What about SPFs and MDFs? I mean, there's a million financial, non-financial legal terms that are really important um, to a successful relationship. So. So we mentioned I went a li- I went a little long winded. No, Sorry.
0: that's good, man. Hey, it's all about uh, sharing the goods here. So we we are going to step through the six phases of the partnering process. So a lot of the stuff that that Bob's teeing up here, not by accident, is talking about phase two <clears throat> recruiting. And so a great strategic partnering plan is going to help define uh, a lot of those components in recruiting because all of these tools just set you up for the next step. And so, phase three: contracting. You know, Bob was talking about you know identifying these these key deal terms, both financial, non-financial, um, also looking at needs, wants, limits analysis. All of those you know conversations are going to come up whenever you start to negotiate the deal and to put those agreements in place. So, you know, a great strategic partnering plan is going to tee you up for the next stage or the next stages of success. And uh, man, it's 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 a powerful tool, right? I mean, I, yeah. We've worked with hundreds for thousands of partnering professionals now over the last eight, nine years of partnernomics. This is one of the tools that if you really build the discipline in to use it, it's it's one of those things that you have to slow down to speed up, but if you build the the, the muscle memory and use this tool the way that it's intended, um, it is going to have a significant positive impact. Uh, Whenever I kind of jumped in and interrupted you for a second, Bob, I was gonna say, you know, a lot of times um, we we underestimate the power of the no. Right, and and, and sales—it's always Absolutely. about you know getting to yes, getting to yes. Man, I'm just a huge believer in the power and the speed of getting to know. Uh, a lot of times in partnering, man, if you compromise beyond the point of what you need, want your limits, you're setting yourself up for failure. And a strong strategic partnering plan will put in those guardrails to make sure you know when to say
1: yes and you know when to say no. I couldn't agree more. I, I, having no partners is better than having bad partners. That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> well, Bob, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to chat with us. Uh, it was good checking in with you. And I've already got some notes here for uh, for the next episode.
1: Great. Now, as always, I really appreciate it. Enjoy, enjoy talking to you. And I, I love talking about partnerships, especially when you're doing it with you know the science as opposed to the art. I t it's nice to have somebody who who's a believer. So, all right, thanks, Bob. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about these suite of partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.